Welcome to the Grace Capital City Podcast. We are a community of Jesus followers located in Washington, D.C., working to see God's kingdom come through worship, family, and justice. For more information about our church, go to gracecapitalcity.com. But in the meantime, we hope you enjoy this week's message. Guys, I was going to say it's so good to see you. Um, I can't see you, but I know you're there, and I'm so glad you tuned in. Um, Seriously, I I do want to give just a shout out to some of the musicians and Richard and just some of our team for pulling this together. Obviously, you know, this is something that's all come together really in the last few days, and so it takes a lot of people just to move in this direction. We, we've, we've never run an online service before, so this is new territory for us. But thank you to you guys as well for participating fully, for kind of diving in with your whole hearts, and um, for really, love you, Jason. <laughs> for really just participating and, and just being a part of it. We know this can still be a meaningful and powerful way uh, for us to gather as a church. So having said that, I, I do want to give us a word. I, I was really tempted to continue on with Ephesians tonight, and, and we will get back to Ephesians at some stage. Probably, honestly, as soon as next Sunday, I think we'll pick back up in Ephesians. We don't know how long we're going to be online for. We definitely know it's for this Sunday and next Sunday, and we'll just have to play it by ear after that. But I, I just realized and was reminded that this is not business as usual, right? It's not, it's not every day that the World Health Organization declares a pandemic, right? It's not every day that the NBA season is suspended. That was particular pain for me. It's not every day March Madness is canceled. It's not every day, you know, that the universities are shut down and our public school system is, is suspended. It's, it's not every day where the two most important commodities in life become Purell and Clorox wipes, right? That doesn't happen very often. Maybe the first time in history. In fact, the other day, uh, just a couple of days, I was doing my my mass panic Walmart shopping, right? Anyone else guilty? I, I didn't really do that, but I, I was at Walmart picking up a few groceries. And just as I, I got there, I thought I'd go check out the disinfectant area because that's what you do when there's a pandemic, right? And um, they brought out a whole fresh crate of Clorox wipes. And so I managed to get one and I, I put it in my, in my shopping cart with all my groceries and this sweet old lady came up and she picked it up and she hid it underneath all the rest of my groceries. And she's like, let me help you out there, sweetie. So that was um, probably wise and probably a sign of the times when you need to hide your Clorox wipes. Um, so it's just, it's not every day, right? This is, this is not business as usual. And so I just felt like rather than just press into Ephesians uh, for Sunday, I, I was just asking God, God, what do you want me to teach on? Like, what would be the right word for a moment like this? Should I preach on plagues? There are plenty of plagues in the Bible. We could do a whole series, seven-part series on plagues. Um, I don't know how, how encouraging it would be, but that, that was one option. We could do, you know, a series on on fear or the apocalypse, or maybe we could get creative and do a whole series on good hygiene and hand-washing techniques. Um, Not entirely sure what scriptures I would use for that, but you know, these are all options we have. So I was thinking about that, asking the Holy Spirit, what should I I press into? And I was just reminded of this teaching in Hebrews chapter 10. So if you have a Bible, slip up your hand and just leave it there for the rest of the service. And then... um, then order yourself a Bible on Amazon right now. We give you permission to do that. Uh, Hebrews 10. Turn to Hebrews 10, 19. 
there's a, there's a passage here, and I think the, real, the thing that first struck me about it was the title, okay? Now, I get it. The, the, the titles of these scriptures, they're added in later. It's not scriptural. It's not divine. But the title here was amazing. The title here, at least in my Bible, is A Call to Persevere. I was like, oh, that's it. That's what we need right now, A Call to Persevere. And I honestly, I just was reading it. It's scripture I've read multiple times before, but I just felt like these words were jumping off the page at me. And so I felt like this is just what I wanted to highlight for us tonight. So this is Hebrews 10. I'm going to start in verse 19 and we're going to go through to um, verse 23 and then I'll do 24 and 25 in a minute as well. So this is what it says. Hebrews 10, starting verse 19. Says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us. That, that this might be the start of my hygiene series, um, which we'll pick up in the fall. <laughs> I'm sure all of you are dying laughing right now. I'll just, I'll just give myself, uh, encourage myself with that. Uh, heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. There it is. There's the whole teaching. Cleansing, pure water. Boom, that's the Clorox series. Uh, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So this is, this is a, a powerful piece of scripture. We, we don't fully know who wrote Hebrews. Some people say it's Paul, but there's a lot of um, kind of dispute about that. But the, the central theme in these verses is confidence, right? He, whoever wrote it is saying, we have confidence. And it's, it's a confidence that goes way beyond like stock market drops. And it's a confidence that goes beyond disrupted disrupted schedules. It's a confidence that goes beyond canceled events. It's even a confidence that goes beyond worldwide pandemics that the writer is saying, we have confidence because we have a high priest and we can have confidence in the high priest that we have, right? We have actually something eternal to hold on to. And we, our high priest in, in, in Jesus, in another part of Hebrews, the same writer says, Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. I, I love that picture. He is perfecting our faith. Friends, I, I want to remind us of that. He is your confidence tonight. Sometimes it takes a shake in your confidence to realize what your confidence was in to start with. Amen. All right. Sometimes it takes a shake in all of a sudden being reminded is like, wow, I was way too confident in my bank account or way too confident in my job or way too confident in my plans. And all of a sudden that's all out the window. And I'm asking the question, where is my confidence? Well, well, this is the writer is saying we have confidence in our high priest, Jesus. And because of our confidence, the, the writer tells, says two things that we can do. First of all, verse 22, he says, he says, we can draw near to God. I love that. We can draw near to God. Now, the, the narrative of Scripture, right, it's, it's a story of God moving towards His people. God is always pursuing us. But here's the beautiful thing about that is not only does He pursue, He invites us then in turn to draw near to Him. 
Right? There's a drawing near that God offers, and then there is in turn a drawing near that we do in response. And so, so the writer is saying, because of this confidence, you draw near. Let us draw near to God. Can, can I just encourage you, guys? Can I just encourage you? Don't waste your solitude. Don't waste it. Draw near to God. Put in place some rhythms, some patterns. You may have the opportunity to put some in place that you've been wanting to for a long time. Don't waste your solitude. So he says we can draw near. The second thing he says, he says we can, we can hold unswervingly to the hope. Unswervingly, which is it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? I don't know if you feel it, but it just feels like everything's swerving right now, doesn't it? Back and forth, left and right. We, we don't know where this thing's going. We don't know where it's going to end. We don't know what we're going to be doing next week, let alone in a year from now. And, and, and just this unswerve, we can hold unswervingly to this hope. And the reason we can hold unswervingly, the reason we can draw near to God, the reason we can have confidence in God is because of what? Because of His faithfulness. He says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithfulness. Guys, I just, just encourage you to remember, right? This was, this was never about your best work. This was never about your, your best day. And thank goodness it was never about your worst day. It was never about any religious righteousness. It's always been about the faithfulness of God. And he who has been faithful will be faithful again. We can trust in his promises. We can draw near to him in this time. We can hold unswervingly to his hope. Guys, I just want to give you a word of confidence, first of all. Speak confidence even in the midst of fear. I keep remembering... Um, when Jesus calmed the sea, right? You've got these disciples freaking out. I mean, they are losing their minds and Jesus is asleep in the boat. And, 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 and what does he do? He's, he wakes, he calms things, but he gives them that sense of confidence. Like, hey, 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 it's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Guys, we are going to be okay. We're going to be okay. He's been faithful before. He will see you through this and he will see all of us through this. We can have, we can have a deep confidence because of the high priest that we worship. Let me pick it up, verse 24. It says, Let us consider how to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And here's the, here's the perfectly ironic part for our situation around. Let us not give up meeting together. I, I can hear the uh, CDC alarm going off right now. Boop, boop, boop. Let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, I, I think these, these verses are particularly relevant, some maybe a little bit ironic right now, but it challenges us at a time where we cannot physically be in the same space for service. It challenges us. What do we even believe about meeting together? What does that even look like? Is, is there a deeper meaning that the writer is trying to get? Is there something he wants to, to teach us that isn't just about, yes, I made it to service and we can put a lot of hope in I made it to service and I ticked my religious box and feel good for the rest of the week. But for many of us, not really engage in the mission and the family of God throughout the rest of the week because we made it to service. Well, guess what, guys? Sunday services, as we've noted, they're not happening. At least for a while, we don't know when they'll pick up again. 
And so we have to reconsider this. What does this actually, is there a deeper meaning when the writer says, don't give up meeting together? Don't stop. There's a, um, a guy named Rodney Stark. He's a, he's a Christian sociologist. He, he wrote a book called The Rise of Christianity. It's a book we, we had to use at seminary at Fuller. It's a really well-known kind of academic text about the, the 2,000 years of, of the Christian faith. And he talks one, specifically about this time around 165 AD where the city of Rome was racked with plague. And it was a time you could imagine of just absolute death, absolute fear. Um, you could imagine people just dying on the streets. It was just disease and fear and illness and plague all throughout the city of the Romans. So you could imagine in that time what happens is like most of us, we fall into a kind of, I have to protect me and mine. And that's what was happening in Rome. I got to get mine. I got to get the last pump of Purell. I got to get the last roll of toilet paper. I got to make, and you know what I'm going to do with my toilet paper? I'm going to wrap myself in my toilet paper because that'll definitely protect me from the coronavirus. So there's a uh, public health tip there. Not really. Um, but you know what I'm talking about? Like it's, it's, it's when, when it comes to a situation like that, all of a sudden we fall into protection. I've got to look after me. That's what was happening in Rome. And so Rodney Stark in this book, The Rise of Christianity, he talks about how this season, this moment, it actually provided an opportunity for a completely different kind of witness for the Christian church. And so these early Christians, rather than just fall into just self-preservation mode, they, they began to actually like lift their eyes. They began to see what was around them. And so the Christians were the first ones setting up places for people that were dying to come. They were the first ones giving food to people who were caught in famine. They, they, they began to look after the city. They began to actually lift their eyes. And not only did they lift their eyes for the city, they, they began to lift their eyes to each other and, and they, they made sure amongst them, no one was, had any need that people were taken care of amongst the Christian faith. And, and so you could imagine, right? This is 165 AD. This is only, what, 130 years after the, after the death of, of Christ. And for the Romans, the Christians at this stage, they were still just a weird little sect of Judaism. That's all they were. And all of a sudden, it's the Christians who are going out and, and making this incredible witness. And, and the Romans are looking like, who are these Christians? We've done a really good job of ignoring them or persecuting them. And all of a sudden, they're the ones showing a completely different way and and. Rodney says that it was actually during this time that the Christian church grew faster than it has ever grown in history. Guys, we, we need to recognize, okay, and I want to encourage you in this, in that the greatest challenge spurs the church to its greatest witness. The greatest challenge can spur the church to its greatest witness. And this has always been the case, right? You read the book of Acts, the diaspora, Acts 5, Acts 6. It's, it's the persecution that all of a sudden the Christians who had gotten kind of, kind of just, just content in Jerusalem, all of a sudden they're spread out and the church begins to spread. Tertullian said the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church, right? It's the challenge. It's the crisis where all of a sudden there's an opportunity for a witness. And guys, I, I just... 
I feel that about this moment. I think this is an opportunity for a witness. Yes, there is uncertainty. Yes, there is disruption. Yes, there is fear. Yes, there is real wisdom. And, and as Timothy says, a sound mind that we need to operate, right? But here's what happens when everything is thrown up in the air. Right, when all our regular ways of just doing church, meeting together, well, it's like I just go to service at four o'clock or I go to service at six o'clock, I meet together. All of a sudden that's thrown up in the air, in the air. It's this opportunity to see like where are the chips gonna land? Like what is my faith really made of? Like what do I really believe? This part's kind of taken away, or at least in the form I'm used to. So what are we gonna do? This is an opportunity. The greatest, the greatest challenges have always spurred the church to its greatest witness. And so friends, I, I want to just remind you, don't give up meeting together. Now hear me on that. <laughs> hear me on that. That does not mean you have to be physically present in a room with someone. What I'm saying when I say don't give up meeting together is don't take this opportunity to lean back, lean in to the church. Lean in to the community. Lean in to the mission, right? Let, let's, let, let's, let's make this intentional. Take this time to intentionally be checking in with people, to intentionally be connecting with people, to remind yourself, I don't have Sundays the same way anymore, so I've got to remember this church is seven days, 24 hours, a body of people. And there may be some of you and you've said, you know what, I've, I've been around Grace Capital City, but I've never really leaned in. Guys, this is it. This is the moment. This is the chance to say, I'm going to start leaning in. I'm going to start reaching out, whether that's online or social media, texting people, reaching out through email. Reaching out through mission, right? I love what the writer says, spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Guys, guys, life has changed, at least for the short time. But this is, this is not a time for retreat, all right? This is not a time uh, to, for, to, to step back. This isn't a snow day vacation to catch up on all your net latest Netflix, all right? That's not what's going on here, guys. Guys, don't waste this, this moment, this time. Don't give up meeting together. Don't, don't retreat. Lean in. Push forward. This is a time for the church to rise up and show who we are, how much we love God, how much we love each other, and how much we love the city. And, and, and I, I want to just, um, just say that we're going to be, and we are already, working on ways for us to be that witness in the city, especially now when it needs. I was so proud to hear even yesterday, a bunch of GCCers were down at the Capital Food Bank and Capital Area Food Bank and they're, they're packing boxes. Guys, that's an opportunity that is available now. They need volunteers. If you go on our website, then you're gonna find a link and that link will take you to the sign-up form for the Capital Area Food Bank. They have a whole calendar. It says exactly how many volunteers they need for every single slot. And that is a way to start to lean in, but don't just do it in solitude, right? Even if you don't, even if you go by yourself, let us know, post it on social media, tag Grace Capital City. We want to be able to celebrate what is happening, the ways that we're serving the city, the ways that we're leaning into each other. There is going to be more and more ways that we're researching partnerships for how we can serve the city well, and that this, this crisis, this, this moment can become an opportunity for us. 
So here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to take a minute and I'm just going to pray into some of the situations, just some things that I feel like um, some of us might be feeling right now, some things that we might be experiencing in this. Pray for our city. Pray for the healing, the, the eradication of this virus. So I want to do that. And then um, we're going to break up into breakout rooms. And so we really wanted this to be as interactive as we could be. And so we've been playing around with different forums and formats. And so there's a link that Kelly's going to post in the chat room. It may get posted multiple times, but that link in just a minute, you click on it, it'll take you to a different Zoom meeting platform. And from there, um, you will be put into a breakout room. We have a bunch of leaders. There's going to be a leader in each room just to guide you through some conversation, some prayer. It's just a time to connect, to pray, just to have some of that face-on-face um, interaction that we don't get to have on a webinar like this. So I really encourage you, press in, lean in, take this moment. Even if you can just be in the breakout room for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, take a chance to get to know someone. You may meet some people at Grace Capital City that you've never met before. It's a great way to interact. Have just a little bit of patience. It's, you know, as we're setting it up, it's going to take a bit of time to get the rooms going. So just click on it, wait for a few minutes, give us some time to get the room set up. So I'm going to pray and then I'm going to dismiss us to our breakout rooms, um, which sounds funny to say that because none of you are in this room right now, but in the virtual world, that's what's happening and it's going to be beautiful and amazing. So why don't you do this, wherever you are, we'll just, just hold your hands out like this. We do this so often on Sunday night just to remind ourselves of our dependence on God. And we do. Lord Jesus, we remember that we are solely dependent on you. Even the breath in our lungs is a gift. Just even that next breath. It's a gift. It's grace. And so, Lord Jesus, we just remember tonight that our confidence is in you. That our hope is in you. That our security is in you, and though ground may be shaking, we hold unswervingly to this hope we profess. Just as Christians have for 2,000 years, just as in, in Rome they did a couple thousand years ago, they, hold, they held on to this hope. We are holding on to it today. And God, I just pray for anyone battling with fear right now. Holy Spirit, I pray, even just in their living room, in their bedroom, Holy Spirit, I pray you would come over them. You would wrap them like a winter blanket that they would feel a sense of security and warmth, remembering they are safe within your promise, safe within your character. And whatever they're fe fearful about, whether it's their health or their job or their finances or an event they have coming up that they're not sure how it's going to happen. Lord Jesus, I pray there would just be a confidence. We don't need the answers, but we do want to be reminded of our confidence in you. And so we pray against fear. We don't want to operate in fear. We want to operate in love with a sound mind, with wisdom. And so we hold on to that. And Lord Jesus, we just declare right now that there will be a quick end to the coronavirus. That the COVID-19, that they will, they will find a vaccine quickly. God, we pray supernatural speeding up of that process. Lord, we know there's so many things that need to be done, but Holy Spirit, nothing is impossible for you. And we, so we just pray, Lord Jesus, there'll just be just a miracle breakthrough in those laboratories, Lord Jesus, and this would, this would, would end uh, sooner rather than later. 
But even supernaturally, I pray for people who have it, people who know they have it, people who don't, elderly people especially who are struggling, who are at risk. Lord Jesus, we pray healing in their bodies right now, healing in their bodies. In Jesus' name, we declare the reality of heaven into those rooms, into those bodies. And God, we pray that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, even in this situation. We bless you and we thank you that you are our confidence and we lean into your church. We lean in to your promises. We lean into our community and the mission that you've put in our hands in Jesus' name.